0: are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress.
1: Genesis chapter 26, verses 15 and 18. If you have it, say amen. For all the wells Which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. So there were some existing wells, but the Philistines had stopped them up. Move down to verse 18. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. I'm going to preach to you for the next two hours. I'm just, just saying if you're listening. <laughs> I got to go ahead over here. Be careful. <laughs> i want to preach to you for the next few minutes on this thought. Redig the wells. Redig the wells. Would you pray with me before you're seated? Jesus, we love you, and we are so thankful to be gathered together with people of like precious faith this morning. Lord, I pray that you would pour out of your spirit upon all flesh in this house here today. I pray that faith would rise as your word goes forward. I pray your spirit would be poured out. Hatoromoshatandaramakayandarama Shia. Oh, that signs, wonders, and miracles would transpire in the next few moments. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. I read a meme. Yeah. Uh oh. How many of you are thankful for memes? Glory to God. Meme game has been strong as of March. I read a meme that said this At some point in your childhood, you and your friends went outside to play together for the last time, and none of you knew it. All right, let's go ahead and pray and close this service. Hallelujah. Okay, that's so powerful, I forget where I was going with that. (laughs) I spent my grade school years growing up at Pleasant Run Apartments on Mill Road. I don't know if it's still called that or not. Those were some of the happiest years of my life. The apartment complex was full of kids, I distinctly remember knocking on my friends' doors every day and asking them, can you come outside and play? Most of us were allowed to run the neighborhood the majority of the day. We would go explore in the woods. We would play baseball with a tennis ball, wiffle ball, bats, in the green space across the courtyard. The entire complex was built on a steady incline, and behind the apartment buildings was a series of hills that went up and down, starting at the highest point, going down to where it plateaued at the bottom. We'd take our bikes all the way up to the very top, and we'd ride up and down those hills till we got to the very bottom. It was called the Scooby-Doo ride. I don't know why we named it that. It's really not relevant to this sermon, but I just felt like I should share it with you. Other days, we'd follow the creek as it descended in elevation all the way down behind Mill Road until we reached the little convenience store. We would quickly buy baseball cards and candy and then run back home through the woods so our parents wouldn't find out. Summers were the best because everyone was outside. When it would rain, we'd start sliding down a steep grass hill in our clothes until the grass was completely worn away, and then we had a mudslide. I don't know if you know anything about mudslides, but they're better than slipping slides. We were so happy, and it seemed like time would last forever, but it didn't. That childhood joy disappeared into awkward adolescence. Happiness turned into teenage insecurity. Friends moved, we moved. Teenage life introduced a new set of challenges and experiences, and before I was ready, it catapulted me into adulthood. Adulthood brought freedom I wasn't ready to handle. Mistakes were made, consequences suffered, lessons learned, and mercy and grace held me up when I didn't even know I was being supported. The Bible says the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. There will be times in our life when seasons change suddenly, and it seems like everything has gone awry, and it's in those times that his mercy and grace are holding us up. Hallelujah. Fast forward several decades into my adult life. You know you're getting old when you start using decades as a time reference. And I have learned that everything changes. Sometimes gradually, sometimes suddenly, sometimes for the good, and sometimes for the bad. Sometimes joy is taken without warning. Other times, blessings show up unexpectedly. Life can leave you with wounds for which you never could have planned. You learn not everyone that smiles with you is a friend. Not everyone that hugs you is for you. You discover that pain, sickness, loneliness, and trauma are no respecter of persons. Consequences teach you that childhood mistakes can turn into lifelong destructive habits. Disobeying mom was bad. Disobeying the Lord was even worse. Not listening to my parents could bring temporary pain. Not listening to my heavenly father could produce a lifetime of destruction. I remember when I was a kid, all I ever wanted to do was grow up. Now that I'm a grown-up, I long for that same spirit of a child. Insert an unplanned memory here. (laughs) I remember being at CCA and talking to, uh, I think it was Emily Watson, and she was 14 years old, and I remember thinking, wow, I can't wait to be 14 years old. Oops. I turned 39 just a few weeks ago. You were supposed to say something complimentary there, but you didn't. That's okay. Just plow forward. And at age 39, I'm trying to get back the same joy I had as a child. I yearn for that pure outlook I had on life. I desire the childlike faith I experienced in Sunday school. My soul reaches for the purity of childhood that was not tarnished by years of adult experiences. My heart aches with adult scars and wishes for the return of some childhood perspectives. Everyone I met was a new friend. I believed everything people told me. I wanted to please my mom and dad. There was no safer place than the embrace of a parent. There was no greater affirmation than the encouragement of a sibling. I loved to help. I wanted to serve, and I wanted the fellowship of my family. I loved church. I loved people. But life, sin, and time has done everything in its power to take that away. In the middle of March, all across our globe, everything changed. Overnight and without warning, the church was thrust into a new season. Nobody knew that in March, the doors of the church were going to close. Nobody knew it would be our last service together for three or four months. We could never have anticipated our worlds being turned upside down by a global pandemic. And who could have predicted a shortage on toilet paper? How could we have known that in just a few weeks, half of society would not be able to leave home without a mask? It would have been impossible to predict the thick, intangible fear that came over the entire globe. And just when it seemed like there was going to be light at the end of the tunnel, just when churches are beginning to open up for the first time in months, civil unrest explodes across our nation. Violence, rioting, looting, hate, and division are quickly capitalizing on the fear that descended upon our nation in March. When it looked like a semblance of normalcy would have a chance to regain a foothold in society, torment put its foot down first. Like many of you, my head is spinning, and I have more questions than answers. Our world is looking for direction. Our world is looking for a clear answer. And my question to us today is, are we ready? Are we prepared with the answer that our world needs? Going back to our text today, we're reading about the wells of Abraham. Abraham, Isaac's father, established these wells years ago. And named the place Beersheba. And these wells did not come easy. Won't go into the story, but if you know the story of Lot, you know that Abraham chose a more difficult path than Lot. And it took some work to establish these wells. He was a foreigner in the land of King Abimelech and had to establish dominion over the wells that he dug. Abraham also had to settle a dispute with the Philistines when they tried to possess his well. Fast forward to the next generation, Isaac, and he is dealing with the same adversary and the same enemy is using the same tactics that he did against his father. The enemy knew that without water, they could not survive. The enemy knows that the church cannot survive without the flow of the Spirit. He knows that if he can shut down the wells of living water in the church, uh, that the church cannot survive. Over the last few weeks, I've talked to a lot of pastors. And to my dismay, I have heard a common theme among many Upon returning, they have discovered that opening the doors to the church did not eradicate the effects of the last several months of chaos, but it rather exposed them. Church, many of us thought when we came back to church, we would pick up right where we left off. But we came back to discover that in our absence, the adversary has done everything in his power To fill up our wells with debris. Where living water flowed so easily before. Now there's fear and anxiety. Where faith was easy to arouse. Now hesitation looms. Where vision dominated in January. Questions are all we see on the horizon. Church I've come with a word for you today. It's time to redig the wells. It's time to redig the wells in your city. It's time to redig the wells in your prayer closet. Oh, I wish somebody'd help me today. It's time to redig the wells of faith. It's time to redig the wells of unity. It's time to redig the wells of living water again. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the anointing. We need spiritual authority. We need to dig till we find water again. See, the enemy is expecting our hearts to fail for fear. Huh? But the Lord sent me to tell you huh, not to let one more Sunday go by huh, without re-digging the wells in the church. <laughs> ah, Several years ago, the Lord sent your pastor and his family to lead and shepherd this church. When the Lord sent them, he gave them dominion. He gave him people to help serve and lead the church. Those people were people of prayer, people of sacrifice, people with a thirst for revival, people who were willing to do what had to be done for the work of the Lord to be accomplished in your city. They were servants. And those servants began to dig wells in the spirit so that when you showed up in the house of God, you could find water. They dug wells of living water so that every time a sinner came into the house of God, they could experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Anybody ever been really, really thirsty? And you go to the fridge because you're gonna obey your thirst. Oh there's a long time ago reference. And you go and you open the refrigerator door to find out all you got is skim milk. Oh, the disappointment. Mm. How sad would it be if people came to the house of God thirsty just to find a dry well? Mm. Sometimes you only get one chance when a sheep comes to the well side. They're going to come one time and see, hey, can I find water here? Can I find water at this well? And we've got to be ready with the water that they need. We've got to be ready with an answer for the thirst that they're experiencing. Mm. You didn't hear me. Here's the thing about thirsty people. When I'm thirsty, I'll drink anything. Did you hear me? So if they come looking for water and don't find it, they may have to settle for a substitute somewhere else. Woo! There's an old saying, it's tight, but it's right. <laughs> And if you're waiting around on Pastor to redig the well, I got news for you today. God sent the man of God to establish dominion and dig the well the first time. But when Isaac showed up, it was the servants. That re-dug the well. I wish somebody would hear me today. Saints of God, it's not up to pastor and the pastoral staff uh, to redig the wells. Uh, you've got to grab a shovel. Uh, you've got to grab a pick. Uh, you've got to grab an auger. Uh, you got to grab uh, whatever you need uh, and begin to redig uh, the wells of living water in your church. Uh, because there are thirsty people uh, that are going to walk through that door uh, and say, hey, uh, I heard uh, you got living water here. I heard uh, people are healed here. I heard uh, people are saved here. I came in uh, thirsty. Is there well uh, in the water? Is there water uh, here? Mm. You got to dig till you find water. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. about four years ago our family moved into an older home that used to be in the country and it's not really in the country anymore but when they built that house they had to dig a well because there was no municipal water so our family lives on well water and when we moved in we didn't have good water pressure. Well, and so we had to call a company and they said, There's a problem with the well. We're going to have to redig it. Thousands of dollars later, they show up with their crew and their equipment and they start digging. And I'm watching. Every time that thing goes down, I'm just like, $1,000, (laughs) $1,000. And I remember when they hit the water table, water started to bubble up. And I was like, oh, they're probably about done. Look at that, water. But you know what? They weren't done. Because though they had found it, they hadn't dug deep enough for there to be a strong flow. We've been settling for muddy water, but we're not going to settle anymore. We're going to dig until the pressure begins to build because it was about 30 minutes later and all of a sudden water was shooting like a geyser out of that yard. I'm telling you here today, church, we're going to dig till we find water and we're going to dig past the mud, past the muck, past the mire, past the fear, past the anxiety, past the worry, past the trepidation, past everything that has caused that spirit, yanda to not flow uh, the way it used to. Uh, I've come with a word for you today. Uh, we're gonna redig uh, the wells. Uh, we're gonna redig uh, until it flows. Uh, we're gonna redig uh, until it's flowing. Uh, Sunday uh, after Sunday uh, after Sunday. Uh, we need wells uh, of living water uh, to flow uh, in the house of God. Ah. Ah. Mm. How many of you, this is a rhetorical question, discovered that when you came back to church, and by that I mean in the building, It wasn't quite as easy to lift your hand as it was before. It wasn't as natural to say amen as it was before. There was something in you that hesitated. There was something in you uh, that was fearful. I saw to to lift your voice uh, and magnify God uh, the way you used to do. Uh, You want to know what it is? Uh, It's the debris of the Philistines. Uh, See, you didn't realize it, uh, but for three months, uh, the Philistines uh, were walking through the house uh, saying, hey, I'm going to put a little debris uh, in your well. Uh, I'm going to put a little junk uh, in your well. And when you go back to the house of God, huh, you're going to wonder huh, why you're thirsty. Mm. Mm. I get it. It was comfortable watching church at the kitchen table. I understand. Hey, babe, go ahead and fill up my coffee there. The pastor's getting ready to preach. Oh, no, we missed the, we missed the first two songs of worship service because we were still, you know, getting out of bed. I'm, I'm sure that didn't happen to you. But there were days where my kids slept through church My flesh started getting real comfortable. It didn't require the same commitment. It didn't require the same consecration. <laughs> it didn't require the same discipline, the same sacrifice as it used to. Fast forward three months. And we discover there's some debris in the well. There's some debris in the well. And friend, we can't let one more Sunday go by with the debris in the well. That well's got to flow the same way it did last year. The same way it flowed in January. The same way it flowed in February. And it's us that has to do the digging. We've got to dig out that carnality. We've got to dig out that fleshliness. We've got to dig out everything that has stopped up that well. Mahaya. The Bible says the Philistines filled them with earth. Mm. Earth is symbolic of carnality, of flesh. Mm. I feel resistance in this room right now. You know what that is? It's flesh being uncomfortable. But I'm in the Holy Ghost today. I know exactly what I'm preaching and who I'm preaching to. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to browbeat you. I'm here to alert you and let you know the adversary was at work and maybe you didn't realize it. So today, you need to make a decision. I'm going to redig the well. Every time I step into the house of God, the Holy Ghost is going to flow. Every time I walk into this, building, huh? I'm going to make sure huh? there are wells huh? of living water huh? that flow. Woo! Shatayana ramakashaya. Hikotorosh shandaramaheya. Hataramashandaramakiya. Church uh, was never meant to be served uh, on a silver platter. uh, But the progression uh, of the church uh, comes with sacrifice, uh, comes with commitment, uh, comes with discipline, uh, comes with time. Uh, You've got to dig till you find water. (laughs) Mm. Some of you remember those days when the water flowed so abundantly some of you dug when it wasn't convenient you dug when it seemed like it wasn't going to work out you dug when you were tested the church needs you to dig again Others dug when you weren't even sure if it was in you. You just dug because it was needed. We need you to dig again. Saints, your prayers have sprung up wells, and most didn't even know that you were digging. We need you to dig again. Ministers, your prayers plowed through the hard clay until a spring of life came to the surface. We need you to dig again. Ah New members, you came and experienced what others dug for. Now it's your turn to dig. We need you to dig until the Holy Spirit flows in your life again. Mm. Hallelujah. Genesis twenty-nine verses two and three. And he looked, and behold a well in the field, and lo there were three flocks of sheep lying by it, for out of that well they watered the flocks, and a great stone was upon the whale's mouth, and thither were all the flocks gathered, and they rolled the stone from the whale's mouth and watered the sheep and put the stone again upon the well's mouth in his place abraham isaac and now jacob huh. jacob learned a lesson from dad and grandpa somewhere in his history he discovered i have to protect what my forefathers labored to acquire. Jacob put a protective covering on his wealth. Jacob had protection covering his well so when sheep came to gather he knew he could draw out water that had not been tampered with it's time for you to reinstall the covering over your well we've gotten a little loose on who's got access to the life source inside of us we've got to protect what our fathers fought for Uh, We need our wells to be cut. Listen, that text opens up with sheep waiting by the well. Sheep were waiting by the well. And when Jacob showed up, He didn't have to wonder what condition the water was in. I wonder who's been tampering with the well this week. I wonder who's been contaminating the water this week. Leadership uh, shouldn't have to wonder uh, what kind of condition uh, the whale's going to be in uh, when we walk in here on Sunday. uh, Because on a Sunday, uh, you're going to show up in the parking lot, uh, and there's going to be sheep uh, waiting by the whale. uh, And we ought to be able uh, to take off the cover uh, with confidence uh, and know uh, there's living water uh, under the covering. Uh, There's living water uh, under the covering. Oh, Ha. Ha. Ha, Church, please receive the attitude of my spirit here today. I'm not here to condemn you, but I'm here to humbly appeal to you to redig the wells the honor of being with you in the beginning of this year and I'm telling you right now that the revival isn't over the revival isn't over God didn't call his church to just stay treading water to stay in a holding pattern we ought to be busy maintaining our wells digging deeper depths making sure that on any given Sunday when we show up here, huh, and there are sheep by the well, huh, we'll be able to deliver, huh, the water they need. Ha. Uh. Hmm. you've got to guard your well. ha. <laughs> You've got to guard your mind. You've got to guard your attitude. You've got to guard your spirit. Hear me today. We've talked about it in this building before. It could be your faith. It could be your prayer. It could be the water in your well that brings somebody else to deliverance. You've got to be ready to deliver every single Sunday. Gotta guard our ears. The opinions, persuasions, and vocal influencers of social media have polluted too many wells. We've gotta guard ourselves. If we're not careful. Social media can become something that is nothing more than a pulpit with no pastor. Stop allowing the voices of others to contaminate your water supply. I feel the Holy Ghost reaching for some people in this room right now. He's telling you to put the cover back on. To guard your mind, to guard your ears. Because he intends to fulfill every promise and every prophecy that has come across this pulpit. He katoroshahataramaya. Friend, I'm not not lost. I haven't stalled out on my message. I just know what the Holy Ghost is doing right now. Come on, I, I want you to just pause and just pray for a moment right where you are. Come on, go ahead and just begin to pray for just a minute. This word is marinating for some people right now. There's a deep work that is transpiring in this building right now. Come on, God's calling some of you back to consecration. Come on, your well needs a covering. the Bible says that after he redug the wells he renamed them the same names his father had given them. <laughs> It's time for some of us to start naming our wells again. The adversary named it fear, but your father named it faith. The enemy named it worry, but your father named it trust. The deceiver named it barren, but your father named it fruitful. The devil named it dead, but God named it revival. In the name of Jesus, I declare to this church that you will be a well of revival again. In the name of Jesus, I declare the well of the fruits of the Spirit to be opened up again. In the name of Jesus, I command the well of the gifts of the Spirit to flow in every service again. <laughs> Mm. Mark 10 and 15 says, Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive huh, the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. The word receive there, the original text means to take. Who so shall ever not shall not take the kingdom of God as a little child shall not enter therein. The enemy wants us to believe that what seems to be lost in previous seasons in old wells cannot be regained again. I'm here to tell you it's a lie. Hatorosh mm. it's a lie. It's a lie. Look, our world keeps talking about a new normal. I got news for you. There is a new normal, but this world is not going to be the one that defines what new normal looks like. Our king is still on the throne, and he's going to define what this new normal looks like. And I'll tell you what, I'm not as worried about a second wave as I am about the latter rain. That's what the new normal is going to look like. Come on, you need to refresh yourself On uh, uh, what the book says uh, The book says uh, The latter uh, and the former uh, Reign uh, together uh, That's the new normal uh, I'm believing God for <laughs> I know I'm preaching longer than I normally do. There's light at the end of the tunnel. But I'm just, I can't stop today. Because I can see, as I, as I scan this building here today, I can see what the Holy Ghost is doing in hearts in this room right now. There are wells that are getting ready to produce. that haven't produced in a long time. Mm. There are gifts that are getting ready to operate that haven't operated in a long time. As I look back on my childhood, one of the things I remember most was my excitement to receive. When someone had something for me, I was so excited to receive it. I never stopped to think that maybe I didn't deserve it. I didn't question the person's motive or intention that was giving it. I didn't allow my station in life to cause me to think that I should be the one giving and not receiving. It's just another piece of childhood that I want back. It's a well that became clogged with the trappings of time. But this morning I'm ready to dig out that well and receive everything that the Lord has for me today. How many of you feel the same way this morning? How many of you are ready to receive everything that the Lord has for you today? I want you to stand with me. I'm going to bring this to a close here in the next few moments. Acts 2.38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive, what's that word again, the gift of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> when you look at those words, receive, in Mark and in Acts, if you look up the original text, you'll find that it was two different words. In Mark, Jesus said, whoever is not willing to receive the kingdom of God as a little child will not enter into it. I think one of the most overlooked and undervalued qualities of children is their ability to receive. As a child, I was able to receive, but as an adult, sometimes it seems like it's easier to give. In Mark... As Jesus was speaking, and he said, You need to receive the kingdom of God as a little child, that simply means to take or to receive it, to accept it. But in the book of Acts, it means to take with the intention of using it. <laughs> We've never needed to use the Holy Ghost more than we do right now. It's not a well I put on the shelf just to dust off and bring to church on Sunday. But it's a well I need to access seven days a week. Come on, I I see some eyes being opened in this room right now. The Lord is showing you, look, you don't have to be satisfied with what the Philistines say that you can drink Monday through Saturday. You can drink from wells of living water all week long. He didn't expect us to walk in the flesh, but he expects us to walk in the Spirit. There are wells here this morning that we're going to redig together. And when we do, that spiritual water is going to flow again. I'm going to ask this praise team to come. And we're going to begin to pray. First thing we're going to do is we're going to repent. And we're going to ask the Lord to show us everything that's been contaminating our wells. You feel it, folks? The Holy Ghost is, is doing a work in this room right now in hearts. And you're going you're gonna to see the fruit of it. When you walk in here next week, you're going to feel a liberty in the atmosphere that you haven't felt in a while. You're going to feel an expectation in the atmosphere that you haven't felt in a while. Let's begin to pray together. Jesus, Let's begin to pray together. Lord, you see the voices, the influences, the persuasions, the opinions. Oh, God, that have contaminated our wells. Contaminants, Lord, that have sought to sow division in the body. Contaminants that have sought to stop up wells that you intend to flow. Lord, we're coming before you this morning. Asking for your spirit to shine a light, uh, Lord, on everything uh, that we've allowed into our minds, into our hearts, uh, into our attitudes, and into our spirits, uh, Lord, that have contaminated the well uh, of living water.
0: This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church,